With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, White Sox fans, it is Sox Populi pregame podcast number eight. I believe in the last pregame podcast, I pointed out that a year ago, we went from having like six dozen people on our uh, opening day uh, on the road podcast. And then by the time the White Sox got home, somehow Tony LaRusso had killed the buzz enough that it was just me and Adrian Serrano. It was just a one-on-one pregame podcast. I guess we somehow filled it for 30, 30 minutes. I have an easier task this time around because Dante Jones, after going to the WrestleMania Zoom, came back. He is now with the Sox Populi Zoom. Uh, Tommy Barbie coming out of the South for sure. Uh, Melissa Sage Bolenbach trying to fend off her son's desperate, desperate pleas to get to opening day tomorrow, driving through sleet, snow, hail, rain, the uh, the foreboding feeling that the White Sox perhaps had a four-game mirage here to start the season. She may, she may not. We're going to find out. Brian O'Neill also with me. <laughs> and Jordan Haas, hey, listen, we showed up at the right time, Jordan. <laughs> uh, she's been waiting for like an hour and a half, but no, okay, we got it going now. Uh, so it's a, a six-pack going into this podcast. And so I think let's, uh, I mean, White Sox, hey, two and two, nothing we expected. If you said they'd be two and two, you're a liar. <laughs> don't do that. Come on. We're honest people here at Sox Populi. Don't lie to us. But listen, the one of four that probably a lot of us maybe reasonably thought uh, hey, it didn't turn out to be true. White Sox could have easily, I don't want to say it, could have maybe taken all four. They had leads in all four games. Uh, really impressive first series. Go figure. You just can't ever predict this team. Uh, but hey, impressions uh, on, on how this all wrangled out. Because again, it does seem like it's a little sunnier than we would have anticipated. Brian, I'll start with you. Uh, I mean, I had a blast this weekend. It was fun. There was good baseball being played. There was bad baseball being played too. But there was more good than bad. Um you know, we kind of talked about this on Thursday, uh, continuing that theme. They left, I think, 47 runners on base, but they got 47 runners in scoring position. And if you do that consistently, you're probably going to hit it in. There's been some bad luck. There's been some bad ball, but there's been a lot more good ball than I thought. I've already, uh, I mean, between Vaughn's game-winning hit and uh, Robert Jr.'s catch today, there's been more excitement than I think there was in five months combined last year. Yeah, I'm not I'm not jumping and uh, I'm not jumping and taking a bullet for WrestleMania Jones, but let's point out here that they put traffic on the base pass against perhaps the best staff, and that's bullpen and starting rotation uh in if not baseball in maybe the American League or at least one of the tougher ones you're gonna run into. So there's something there. But Dante, I'll give you a chance to talk now. I mean, hey, my point is still the same. <laughs> like there's Stick still with like it. plenty of runners in scoring <laughs> position. Yes. Although, you know, it's good to come against the world champs. It's good to get two out of four. 
to open the season when, like you said, pretty much all of us were expecting to get one at best. We take what we can yeah. get, and hopefully the opener tomorrow will go swimmingly. It's been cute to see. I mean, we've had like 100 comment, 200 comment, whatever, game threads. That's been great, incredible enthusiasm so far this season. And granted, the White Sox haven't given us reason yet to be um, unenthused, uh, I suppose. So that's awesome. Uh, but it's funny to see the early. I mean, we we definitely have some, you know, some some negative Nellies on the side. And it's funny to see early on, like, oh, man, this offense, as, as somebody I don't know who – uh, bottom third offense in the league, you know, like in the second inning or whatever, which again, not a bad hunch to play, but it is sort of funny to go back to those and say, well, it didn't really play out that way. I mean, granted, none of us are like crossing our fingers for a big eighth inning, but hey, a big eighth inning will take. It doesn't matter whether it's the first or the ninth, right? Uh, Melissa, how did it uh, How did it look to you? And is it enough to uh, get you driving north for a ball game tomorrow? <laughs> um, well, I, I was trying to be more positive this year so far, and I'm not doing very well. <laughs> Watching the game, I'm like cursing and my husband's yeah. like, take the profanity down. Um, <laughs> but with that said, to the yeah. dark side, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I will take two out of two in Houston for the opening series any day. Um, even though I take back everything I said about the lockdown bullpen, the starters have been incredible. I mean, 2.05 ERA, five earned runs, 22 innings pitched, 0.95 whip. Like I will take that every, every day. If they, if they do that every five days, then we'll be in a chance to, a chance to win. But the, that bullpen has to, it has to tighten up a little bit because. I don't think I can handle four innings of anxiety every single game. Melissa, given the new turn you've taken, I will, trust me, I will get it in the mail shortly. I will get you the special socks, Populi, uh, embossed spittoon. We'll get it to you very quickly so you can start really chewing tobacco and really letting loose. Don't, you don't want to spit into the Coke can. Come on, just spittoon it. Okay, Jordan, I don't want to call you out here, but, you know, I mean, we're giving Ryan credit the other day for being like, good luck charm. Unfortunately, you've done a ton of coverage for us, which I really appreciate, but unfortunately, you've been on the losing end so far. But again, you know, you've been, you've been catching a decent enough amount of this. Uh, you know, how's this team, uh, looking to you? I'm cautiously optimistic. There. Cause it, cause from, you know, from my article on, on Friday, I was like, they're doing a lot of new good things, mm-hmm. walking a hell of a lot, stealing a lot of bases like they should be. Yeah. Because, you know, they're fast and there's also all these new rules. They're being aggressive on the base pass. The bullpen, man, it still got awful. The bullpen itself kind of got awful. The starting pitching, decent, decent to mediocre, but they're I'll against the Astros, so I'll, I'll take it. But it, I think a lot of my opinions uh, on the season are going to come from what happens in the next series and the series after that. Because yeah. when you're facing the Astros, you're like, okay, this is the best team in the league or one of the best teams in the league and we took half of the games out of them. If we get half the games out of every best team in the league, that we, that's at least five, that's, you know, you know, a good 20, 25 wins on the season, so. Yeah, Ali Wessel went as far to say that now they're, if they keep playing this way, they're a 91 team. That's bold and we need that kind of positivity on this podcast, but uh, you I know, mean, that's... I predicted it. So, <laughs> you know, that said, I mean, they do this. Yeah, I think 500 becomes the the, the basement for this team. Uh, and um, Tommy, you and I, we definitely saw a different basement for this team. So are we eating words yet? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, I, I won't go to say that they're a 90-win team, but if they continue the way that they are, 500 seems pretty good. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, as Jordan mentioned, I the starting pitching is okay. Um, I know that there are a lot of people out there defending Giolito because of his final stat line, but for anyone that watched the game knows that there was a, a lot of luck and grinding that played into that start that I don't think he will have that luxury as, you know, people start studying the tape and looking at him and then watching his tendencies. But yeah, I mean, the, the bullpen is what we knew the bullpen was going to be. It is the most expensive, mediocre bullpen that Major League Baseball has seen for the last three years now. And I, you know, Griffel can try to manage it the way that he needs to but it's just gonna be rough going especially until guys like crochet can if they will come back i like uh brian just being cool here you sitting back like dudes i'm picked up for 90 already so no, what's this the quick <laughs> you're already me. ahead of the curve you know, yeah exactly <laughs> 90, 90 floor at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. But, but I mean, I don't know anybody. We, we heard a couple of disses of the starting rotation. I would argue that this was, I mean, you know, uh, given the fact they went deep enough in, in, you know, into games for this first run against the Astros, I'd say, I mean, in my book, in my stupid book, which is an actual real stats, those are like four quality stars. And there's no way did, uh, did I think that was going to happen. We were going to get four solid efforts from the rotation. I mean, you know, first run through the book, given that this was sort of something that was, I guess maybe so, not depth, but quality was supposed to be a strength. I mean, they did show out pretty well. I mean, I would say better than I expected against the Astros. Yeah, I mean, every game was a winnable game, like you said, uh, at the top. And I don't know if that says more about the White Sox than the Astros. We'll have to see how the rest of the season (laughs) plays out. But um, that, if you're the White Sox going into it after the way everything went last year, absolutely hang your hat on that and and use that as motivation going into this next series. Tommy, we're putting Alex Bregman out of baseball and people are going to thank <laughs> us for it. We're t- he's not going to be in baseball after this season. We are taking him out of the game. Uh, all right, well, let's pivot a little bit and look, uh, you know, look ahead. Um, still talk about how the you know, team is gelling and feeling because definitely they've been the standout performances. Joan Moncada. Ooh, thank, can we have a world baseball classic every season? Please, can we? Uh, I mean, unbelievably showing out, you know, really at the upper hundredth percent of what we're really looking for and hoping from him. Uh, you know, a lot of other real positives and we take it in, we, you know, we roll now into this, uh, we're going to have weird weather. Uh, we got the Giants again, our, our partners in 500 last year. Uh, so roughly, let's say about as good as we are. I mean, this is a series we should win. But, uh, you know, what's the feeling now going in? Are the White Sox going to be able to, um, you know, run, you know, with some momentum here, uh, having done better than I think anybody thought they would? And they got to be feeling okay about themselves flying back tonight. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Look at with momentum. It's funny in a sense that, like, we said, like, all of us believe that the White Sox would win one, maybe two. We're happy with two. But I can tell you right now that every person that – locker room in that clubhouse was thinking they would win four because that's just how athletes are. So they might be a little disappointed, but they also might bring in reality of these are the world champs. Like we did pretty damn good. So we'll have to see, but momentum's on the upswing at least. Also, 
you know, I was going to say the the Giants were one, they're one and two, so they didn't fare too well against the Mets uh, for their opening series. So they're kind of probably, if we've got the momentum, they're a little on the downside and they have to make the travel. They're without Hanniger, who's still suffering, I think, from like an oblique issue or something. Um, and the guy who is starting, I don't know how to pronounce that, Deschlamp or something, whoever's starting for them tomorrow is coming off a year of injury where he had ankle surgery. So he, so I think there are a lot of things that are tipping in our favor um, in terms of maybe some hopeful, hopeful win tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Giants got shut out twice this weekend. I think they won one game and got blanked twice. And I mean, that's not, that's not great, but you know, when you put the Sox and the Giants together, this classic rivalry, you got to <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, these guys hate each other. You've got to throw the record books out, Brian. You really do. They're still smarting from the 1917 World Series. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to hold that over them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, the weird weather, at least it's not cold. Like, they're not jumping into 30-degree weather, you know, and that just kills bats. doesn't matter what team you are. So, I don't know. I, I think, they're yeah, they're going to come in, and they, I think they're going to be feeling looser than they did at any point last year. Optimistic Chicagoan Brian O'Neill, very confident somehow this week it won't snow. But hey, listen, I'm with you. I hope it doesn't because we don't need to see that. We don't need to see that target field nonsense. Um, uh, other thoughts, Jordan, uh, Tommy, in terms of uh, you know how how you think this gets the team propelling into you know what should be a nice you know it should be a nice bump. Come on, you're getting the long intros uh, tomorrow. You know you're getting an opponent. You know you know rather beatable, even though the weather's not going to phase them. Uh, how you how you think the team is going to respond going into this week? I I think they're they're gonna be like okay we took two out of four from the world champs and now are playing a team that is arguably worse than they were last year. I mean they had a lot better starting pitching and a lot and mm-hmm. they probably you know are about even on par of where they were you know offense wise in terms of their acquisitions in the off season. But um, I think it's a series that they. I think they want to win a series. It would be good to win a series at home to start the season. That would be the, you know, the hope, the hope and the prayer. But, you know, uh, if we come out of it a little worse for wear, that's not going to reflect well, I think. But it depends on, you know, depends on how well they play, which hopefully based on, you know, how things have been going in the first series is going to be good. You know, maybe Yohan Moncada is going to hit some more homers. Mm-hmm. Tim Anderson going to have, you know, three more multi-hit games. Uh, we'll see what happens. The offense, Tom, I remember you saying among among a number of people when we've done some of our, our pregame stuff, all, all the stuff we've, podcasts we've had leading up to this, uh, offense has been really sort of the fulcrum of this team. And, and though it wasn't efficient, uh, just the sheer onslaught i mean i think it was 13 hits in the finale sure. i'm sure they're leaving tons of guys but they're scoring runs and you know the, i would say the offense is past the initial test it is and i mean the the thing that i've been impressed with is the balance where you know you got guys getting on base you've got speed you've got you know guys being aggressive on the base pass and then the power that we all know could be there is showing up and it isn't the same guy mm-hmm. it's mancada it's you know, Vaughn in places, it's all the guys stepping up in, in different ways. And that's what I think is a, a huge relief because last year and the, um, even the year before, it just felt like there were so many times where everybody was waiting for someone else to take the lead and to kind of step up. And, um, 
with everybody kind of contributing, I think it takes a lot of the pressure off that um, those guys have kind of built up for themselves, which is huge. And, you know, I know for uh, Robert Jr. in particular, like he hasn't been fantastic. He did well, um, you know, Sunday night, but I think as long as he keeps playing defense, the the bat's going to be there. And, and that, that to me translates really well. Like the excellent uh, White Sox website leader I am and podcast host I am, I had not even recognized until just a minute ago when I checked the schedule and realized, geez, the schedule makers weren't very nice to the White Sox. Three of their first 12 games are at home. So, I mean, the the White Sox really need to get a little bit, you know, fat and take at least two of these. Not going to be, I mean, okay, Pittsburgh, fine, but you're probably not going to sweep. The Twins, First of all, they got to like defrost the tundra and then, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. And this is sort of a rough start. I mean, getting the two out of four is really nice. And not to say that these are must games, but it certainly would be nice to pocket two, maybe the three wins uh, to take on the road with you because, you know, I know it's going to come back to them. They're going to get their 81 games, but, uh, you know, this is sort of a rough and it's easy to bury this team based on last year. Things don't go too well. Oh, man. As if the fans are really, you know, on the bandwagon now. I mean, the few that are on. This is definitely going to turn the car around and say, no, we're not driving all the way up there. Forget it. I mean, you can't do it. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, again, not, not to make any kind of must series, but these, these really should be winnable games for the White Sox, uh, going into a team that's a little bit wounded in terms of being able to score runs, as Brian pointed out, and a pitching staff that, you know, come on, no loss. I mean, granted, this is another way we can connect with the Giants and say, oh my gosh, uh, our five win players gone. Uh, how are you going to react to it? And, and you know, I don't know how the Giants are going to react to it. They're certainly like going to run out a Carlos Rodon, uh, in this series. So. Hopefully it's pretty, uh, pretty optimistic. How, how do we see it playing out? Is this a, is this a, uh, a likely, uh, two wins out of three? It should be. I, I think that's a, a fair assessment and, you know, not to turn it onto an individual basis, but I think this, the opener is a huge opportunity for Kopech to really show his stuff. And yeah. I've been harder than most around here on him, but I think this is kind of like that tone setting start the same way for Cease last year, where he just kind of came out and was like, nope, I am ready to be the ace of the staff. I think Kopech is kind of in a similar position where he has a lot of doubters, had a lot of weird stuff happening in the offseason and just in general. Um, let This is a great team to face off against where he can really set the table and set the tone for the rest of the series. Plus, rain doesn't phase him. He had his like first twelve starts, so they all rain exactly. or rain. So him getting a little wet, he <laughs> just throws it back. He's like, yeah. cool. You know, it just it just makes him look all the sexier. Isn't that wonderful? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, let's let's focus in before we take our break on, on Kopech because as much as we were a little worried about Cease and you know, um, you know that other guy or whatever, but I mean, you know, Kopech, I have to say, for us really thinking, you know, though we know he's not going to take on even that one eighty innings. Uh, load this season. I mean, he really needs to give us, you know, 120, 150, real nice quality. And he did that for about half the season and things, you know, really sort of fell apart. And then in spring training, you would not have the indication this guy really should be anything more than a fifth starter. Not to say this is pivotal and the season's ruined if he doesn't have a good start on, on the home opener. But uh, he, as Tommy, I think, just said, I mean, he could really do a lot toward uh, establishing, you know, his own confidence and really, gosh, if this is your, your fourth, fifth guy, this is going to be pretty sweet. Uh, do we see him, you know, be able to sort of shake off the spring in a way, I guess in a similar way Dylan did, 
and 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 really put it to the Giants because they're out there to be taken advantage of. And this is he could really attack these guys and get his five innings in before the rains come uh, and, and give him, you know, like a what, you know, two, three hit, you know, start, maybe a run start. I mean, that's that's not implausible. Yeah, I mean, I the comparisons with him and Dylan are like Dylan doesn't have any emotions to shrug off. So I don't think like he necessarily has to worry about that. Um, and Michael does. Michael is intense and it works for him sometimes and sometimes it bites him. So, I mean, if he can get off to a really solid first inning, then I think he can shake off the spring. If he doesn't, I, I feel he, he's a guy who presses. He's a guy who wants to collapse the last four years into every pitch he throws and to overcome it. Um, so hopefully he can get some of Dylan's either, if you want to call it Zen-like calm or sociopathic, you know, disattachment, <laughs> however you want to see it. Um, it's up to you, but I, if he can channel some of that, I think he'll be, he'll be all right. He's a painter now, Brian. I think it's the latter. He's a painter. So all right. Uh-oh. <laughs> don't turn your back on Dylan. Watch your ears, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Other thoughts on Kopech. Uh, we're feeling good despite really, we shouldn't feel good. You know, he doesn't necessarily have a track record aside from, I guess, first half of last season. He's a decent track record. Spring training didn't, didn't really do it for us. Feeling good nonetheless about what Kopech's going to be able to do uh, tomorrow and, and early on? Yes. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, George. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I think it's a, uh, I think we've seen some really, some really good things from Kopech last season. And if he even has half of that, like, or even three quarters of the really good stuff we had, like, during that during that Yankee game and during some of those games where he was just like lights out for six innings, but you know was kind of yeah. tired going into the seventh. I think if he has even seventy five percent of that in in tomorrow's game, we're going to pull out the win. And to be honest, I think if we win tomorrow, we'll sweep the series That's because I th- Cease will be lights out. Lance Lynn is mm-hmm. pretty damn good, so you know. Nice. I, I think it's. I think it's all up to. It's not. Not to put pressure on Michael Kopech, like I'm putting pressure on Kopech at all. But he's the the key that hinges on on how good we're going to look this season because he's the one that's kind of a big question. I mean, Chilito's a big question mark, but Kopech's a question mark in that he has the potential, and we've seen the potential. We've just not seen a full season of everything from him, and haven't seen him put it together yet. So if he if he, if he can put it together tomorrow, he's got a good chance at a good season, and we've got a good chance at a good series tomorrow or just got, this week. He's got number one stuff. He's got number one stuff. He showed it last year. We're like, holy cow, it's really happening. But then, you know, of course, he ran out of gas because he's like, never pitched. So, you know, okay. Uh, Melissa, what did you thought? I, I just don't think there's anything that's this spectacular about the Giants lineup that he's facing either. So I, I almost feel better going back to kind of piggyback, piggyback off what Brian was saying. I think he is – he has not yet gotten control of his emotional game. And so as opposed to yeah. facing the pressure of the Astros, I actually like him having this semi, a little less intense, I guess, facing the Giants in his first start. Cause I feel it'll give him a little bit better of a chance to get off on that right foot. You know, like mm-hmm. Jordan was saying, get off on that right foot and get a roll going. Um, to to have a good season. Yeah, he's going to get the Gene Honda bump. You hear Gene Honda, Honda you know, not your name as the opening day starter. Come on, you're going to just coast through three, four innings for sure. Uh, Dante, Tommy, what do you think about? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting you to say, "Oh man, I think the guy's going to get just get rocked." But I mean, in terms of really what you think he can do, based particularly on the spring, which wasn't too encouraging, I think he's sort of beginning to be able to get his footing and put it together in the same way that sort of Cease did, I suppose. I mean, I hope so because he is like that's the thing. 
Kopech does have ace stuff at times. It's just Kopech needs to go through a few seasons really to prove it to me at this point because he can be great until those injuries just perk up like they always do for him. And the one of the most important things about anything is re, being reliable, being available. And Kopech, over the course of his career, has not been available at all pretty much. So I think tomorrow is going to be good for him. I think the first few months of the season will be good. But I need to see more after that to even believe that he could do this long term. And Tom, we already know you got you got faith in Kopech. You're a Kopech believer. Always. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you can call C sociopathic, but I mean, that's my ace. Maybe that says a lot about me. So, um, but judgment call on him. It was just straight. We love you, Dylan. But to that point, I mean, I, I do think because I, I notice it a little bit with Jay Leto too. I think the pitch clock is affecting these guys more than we realized and Kopech is someone that just needs to throw the damn ball mm. and stop thinking so much. Right. And yeah. I well. think this can either help him get to that point of just like not yeah. worrying about where he's locating or how he's locating yeah. and just throw it, or it's going to get into his head. meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we'll know pretty quickly yeah. which, which way it goes, but I, I think he has, the stuff to overcome a lineup like San Francisco because they're not that strong, mm-hmm. but just in terms of like long-term trajectory, we'll know pretty quickly what he has going on in terms of his approach and whether that can um, spell long-term success. Cause really he, he was amazing when he just reared back and threw the ball. It, it hasn't been until he had to think about, Oh, how to, you know, dial it back as a starter and how to command certain secondary pitches like he's gotten in his own head because right. of it. And of course, Al, my knee hurts. So are they going to make me pitch? Yeah. You know, all that classic, yeah. stuff. the classic White Sox stuff. All right. That's a gritty analysis. You've come to know and love from the Sox Populi crew on our pregame podcast. The game is coming. It's mere minutes away. Why are you listening to it? So close to game time. I know you're figuring there's going to be a rain delay. You can listen to this over and over again. Please do keep rinse, repeat until the game starts. All right. That's cool. Or if you're listening first thing in the morning, Wow, you woke up early. You're very excited about opening day, but so are we. So uh, we're going to be watching it right there with you. We're going to take a pause. Please hang with us because uh, last half of our podcast is story time, and you're going to want to stick around for uh, the storytelling. Uh, back in a minute. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. White Sox fans, it is Sox Populi. It is the pregame podcast number eight. Yes, we've had eight of them. It tells you how many ex- games we've been really excited about over the past few years. Oh, well, we'll have more pregame pa- podcasts this year, sure, because, I don't know, there'll be playoffs or other weird games or something. Or maybe we'll just keep doing them. If they win tomorrow, maybe we'll do Maybe we'll do one for Wednesday, too. Who knows? Uh, okay, well, this is uh, story time. I'm Brett Ballantine, your host. I'll save my story for the end, if uh, unless we run out of time. Uh, I asked my uh, my panel, my staff, to come up with either what their favorite opening day was, uh, home opener, or maybe not. Uh, or if not, maybe you haven't gone to an opening day, or you hate opening days, you don't like crowds, you're, you know, 
you're like Dylan Cease, uh, you know, um, maybe just maybe one of your favorite routines about just a normal game. One of the things you really look forward to, the thing you're looking forward to doing, perhaps when you get back to the park uh, this year. I'm going to reverse course this time, at least on my Brady grid, and I'm going to start with Dante Jones. Don Tizzle needs to tell me either what his favorite um, uh, opening day was or, you know, I don't know, favorite sex mate, both. What, it could be the same thing. So opening day, like, it, I've never had had the chance to go to a White Sox opening day game. Because the first time I bought tickets for White Sox opening day, COVID happened that year. So phenomenal timing. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm so ready to be back at a actual modern baseball park instead of the other one on the north side. Oh, I'm sorry, Dante. So, you know, like, it'll be nice to be at a baseball stadium that doesn't have sections that you can't see the entire field in compared to the, the wonderful guaranteed rate field. And no trucks. That's even better. <laughs> I like how this turned into just dissing that crap hole, Wrigley Field. <laughs> Dante. So, but, hey, I love the I love the White Sox. I, mm-hmm. I can always get my digs in on that team. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just ready to go to games yeah. to see y'all beautiful faces at the stadium and not just <laughs> through Zoom. I'm I love this so much. All right, uh, Tommy, beat that. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Uh, <laughs> no, I think for me, um, and it, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't one that I was able to go to in person, but I just remember vividly the opening day after the White Sox won the World Series because it was, for me, that confirmation of like, yeah. no, that whole thing was not a hallucination. <laughs> that actually happened. And it just, the way that they really went kind of above and beyond to celebrate that mm-hmm. year and, you know, have all the players there and um, just kind of carry it through that entire season um, was really special just to me for that being the one team that I could identify as like, ah, yes, we, that happened. I was a part of it. And now I can like relive all those fun moments. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jordan probably don't have the Christmas memory of 2006, but what was your favorite opening day or just ball game memory? I, I ironically have like a singular memory of 2006. I don't think it was, I don't think it was opening day or home opener or whatever, but I do, it was April of that year. I was at the, um, the game, the game where Tadahito Aguchi made that insane. Oh, yeah, like, right. Throw. Yep. John. I was at that game too. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I believe it was game. Yeah, I, I think that was the first baseball game I ever went to. So that was kind of fun. Um, I've never been to an opening day. I can't remember most opening. Oh, I've been to an opening day for the Rockies, but I've not been to. <laughs> sort of counts. Uh, I, no, no, it doesn't count. It doesn't count for anything. Actually, no, I wasn't even at their opening. I was at their second game last year, but, um, I've never been to an opening day and I have not, you know, it's just, you know, good again, like it was, uh, like we were talking about, like I was talking about last time, you know, what I look forward to at the ballpark is not necessarily the baseball most of the time, but the camaraderie about the baseball. <laughs> See, Dante, Jordan saying the same sort of thing. Tommy, Our Jordan at the same games. Everybody. See? See, and it turns out whenever we've done podcasts where it's like, what, what the, what the person's favorite game is like, you, it seems like a lot of time I've been at that game. I wasn't at the Tadahito game, but it just seems like a lot of people's favorite games or most memorable games I was lucky enough to be at too. Melissa, what jumps out at you? 
Well, I have been lucky enough to probably be at somewhere between 15 and 20 different opening games through the years. Um, used to, before kids, definitely used to go quite a bit. And I am fending off my 17 year old who's like begging me to go tomorrow. But being old and cranky, I don't like <laughs> the cold anymore. So I bribed him. I'm like, if it's really nice on, on April 15th, we'll go and get the free sweatshirt. So he kind of, he, I think he's, he's buying that. Um, but my favorite opening day is the last opening day at Old Comiskey. Um, mm. I was there and mm. it was just unbelievably magical. I mean, they squeaked out a two one win. You had a triple by Azzy Gian. I mean, it was just all. Mm. Ventura. I mean, it was just all the guys, all the, you know, the, the good guys and um, just the good vibes that, that, that whole era brought. And um, I have my little like ticket framed, you know, is that the last home opener mm. kind of thing. And so, yeah, good, good times. Old school in it. Uh, Brian O'Neill, what is your favorite opening day memory? It's hard to say favorite because it was a weird day. It was the first game at the new ballpark. I was there a year after Melissa the last game at the, at the old one. Um, and I think we lost to the Tigers 18 to one, if I remember right. Um, or if maybe that wasn't the exact score, it's definitely the emotional score. It, I think they got rocked. Um, but yeah, it was weird walking in there. Like, uh, I had been at the last game at the old ballpark and cried like a, well, I was a kid, so it's okay, but I cried like a little kid. And, <laughs> You know, just sort of like this is it was so different and like it was exciting, but there was this strange nostalgia already for something that had been lost and you felt like, all right, maybe we're entering a new era and I don't know if it's going to be good or not. But it was it was different. Like it, it marked a marked a change in life It marked a change from, you know, from what was before and what was to come. And it was just a it was a fascinating thing to be in. I guess I, did, I couldn't really articulate it at the time why it felt so weird. But looking back at it, it was kind of like, all right, this is this is a new era of baseball and this is not the thing that I remember from my childhood. That's not good or bad. That's neither, you know, it's not positive or negative. It's just different. And that's what uh, every opening day is. It marks the beginning of something different. So, well, I was there with you as well, Brian, we were way up in the uh, upper deck. I flew up from Texas to go to the game. We got tickets. I was in school in Texas. I had to explain to my Spanish professor why I was missing the test. And he looked (laughs) at me very, very skeptically when I said so. And then when I came back, and he found out, I believe it was 16 to nothing. I think that was the score. But when he found out how badly they got trashed in this game that I flew up to, oh, yeah, he laughed for about 10 minutes. So I had to take that. I had to wear it. It's being a White Sox <laughs> fan, right? Uh, and also was at the 2006 open. I haven't been to many, as many home openers as Melissa, but I did, was at 2006. Dragged my sister there. We were late because it's my sister. Uh, she abandoned me for most of the game to go like smoke out in the concourses or whatever. I don't know if you can even still do that anymore out in the tunnels or whatever the heck it is. Uh, so I guess I'm, it's good that she got a few puffs in before uh, uh, that was taken away from her. But yeah, that was a crazy game. And, and you're right, Tommy. That was that was you know just so exciting because you're right. We knew it really happened. We already had the DVDs or whatever by then, or they're on order. Uh, but still, to see it, to see the rings, and to see even this new guy Jim Tomey like win win the game against the goddamn Cleveland Wahoos. I mean, it really seemed like, okay, dynasty. And of course, with distance, we know, oh gosh, our, our hearts were about to be broken, Tommy. But uh, yeah, that was that was a memorable and wet one. Definitely. Yeah. A wet one. Those qualify, I guess, as a couple of mine. I'm very jealous that Brian got to go to the very last Comiskey Park game down in Texas again, listening to that on the radio and, and shedding my little tiny tear, hearing them never stopping singing 
No, no. Hey, hey, goodbye. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, hey, listen, it's happier memories here. Uh, it, we're in whatever they're calling the park now. It's still very much more concrete and, and, and still slightly molly, at least compared to Comiskey Park, but it's a darn good ballpark and it gets a really terrible reputation. It was one of the entries in that recent thing where like the worst parks ever. And it was like one of the 24 or something in this tournament. I don't know, some Twitter nonsense and like, come on. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's a good place no, to watch a ball no, game. No. No, not at all. And listen, to Dante's point, okay, Wrigley's, and I'm not going to get down on Wrigley. Wrigley's, uh, you know, better than Fenway. Wrigley's better than, uh, the Yankee Stadium, but Wrigley Field and Sox Park. Give me a break. The only, the only thing Wrigley's got is a less um, onerous corporate name, whatever. But I don't know. This, this, okay, I, I've, I've taken this podcast off the rails. It's opening day. White Sox <laughs> going to beat the Giants today. Uh, the sweep predicted by Jordan Haas. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, and, you know, listen, we've uh, thrown some analysis and thrown some memories at you as well. Hey, guess what? If you just stick around Southside Sox all day, guess what? You're going to catch the Sox Populi postgame podcast as well. That's going to be up probably, I'll say I promised, on the actual opener a couple hours after final out. I think we almost hit that. So a couple hours after final out, depending on what the rain is and how much, how everybody's internet is messed up. Uh, based on whatever's blowing through uh, the Chicago area, or if the game is delayed till past midnight, oh, who knows what we'll do then, but post-game podcast after the White Sox beat the Giants uh, here today. And, uh, you know, it's going to just be a good week and a lot more fun, fun podcasts coming. We're going to chill them out a little bit, but we're going to keep rolling them out at you, you know, after, 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 after. So, again, we're going to be back with you as soon uh, as possible and probably sooner than you're ready for us. Thanks, everybody.